The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We have Pete the Vet. So if you have any questions uh, relating to pet behaviour or pet uh, health, he is the man to answer them. Pete, good morning. Good morning, Anton. Let us start with the text asking, how do you get dogs ready to go away on holidays overseas? Now, I'm not clear if this is that the person is going and the dogs are staying or the dogs are travelling. So maybe you could address both. Well... It sounds to me like it's most likely they're going to take their dogs with them because that that is a thing where you do have to take some very specific actions. So basically, these days, you can get a pet passport for your dog very easily and your cat and your ferret if you want. And <laughs> You get a pet passport for a ferret. You can indeed. And what you have to do is um, basically make sure the animal is microchipped, first of all. Then you have to make sure that it's um, get it vaccinated against rabies. And then after that, um, you have to wait for three weeks and then you're good to go. You're good to go to take your pet to Europe. Now, it's more complicated if you're going to go further further afield. If you're going to go to um, to other countries, you sometimes have to have a blood sample taken to check for rabies and, um, you know, it can get more technical. So what I'd say to anybody who's thinking about taking their dogs overseas is um, I would just check the website. There's a very good Irish government website. Um, basically about pets and travel and it lists each country what you need to do for each country so it's very very easy to do now Have you ever looked into what it costs to take a dog to America? Um, I haven't specifically looked at it myself It's amazing Is it? Let me tell you it used to be that you could take a dog now I don't know why because I'm never going to take the dog but I was curious one day so I looked it up Used to be 160 quid to get the dog to America Mm -hmm. Right? It's all right. As long as you're happy to leave the dog in America, if you want to bring the dog home, uh, yes. it was €2,000. And now it's that both ways. So if you want to take a dog to America, like let's say you're going on an extended break or J1 or something along those lines, it's about six grand no. to get a dog. Yeah. Is that the airline flight? or what Apparently they now, it used to be that they could go as excess baggage and yeah. now they have to go as freight effectively. So you are taking, if it's a large dog, you're taking a crate that is two metres by one metre and getting it freight shipped right. by air and it's... Well, I think there's a, a lot of variety in between different airlines. I, I think Ireland isn't very good yet at including animals on aeroplane flights. Like in the States, you can just take the animal, if they're small enough, just put them in your lap and there's no bother with that at all. Whereas in this country, we tend to take it very, very seriously indeed because people just really aren't used to doing it. So I think that's an area which is going to get better as time goes on. You can also in America get a friendly doctor to say that you need an emotional support animal (laughs) and then you can take the dog almost anywhere. Or a goose or a turkey. Now, can we go back to the ferret, Pete? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I met a ferret many years ago. Yes. And it wasn't a particularly nice smelling ferret. (laughs) And ever since then, I've wondered, am I anti-ferret because I met just an unclean ferret? Or do they all have something of a musk to them? Well, they're kind of musk. Musky creatures, they've got um, scent glands under their tail, which are pretty pongy. They're kind of a relative of the skunk. So the strong smell is there and it gives messages to other ferrets about what's going on. So you can get your ferret descented so that it's less smelly. But Are they um, a good pet? I think they can be. They, they, they wouldn't be my favourite. I, I, I get a bit anxious about them just because I'm not very used to them. But people who love ferrets absolutely adore ferrets and they'll enthuse about them and they, they, they'll swear they're yeah, the best this companions. Ferret, the one that, that made me be concerned about their odour, was a very friendly ferret yeah. and it walked on a lead and did all of that kind of yeah. stuff. It seemed like a happy little thing. Oh, they're, they're great little characters. A text saying, we have a six-month-old female cockapoo. Why is everybody breeding everything with poodles now? I think it's because the name 
poo at the end sounds kind of funny and cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fairness now, poodles are, are non-shed creatures, and so animals that are crossbred tend to be a bit less sheddy in terms of molting everywhere and so on. And they tend to be good-natured, and they, they, they have become very, very popular. Yeah, because you get Labradoodles, you get Golden Doodles, you get um, Cockapoos. Yeah. You get... It's a bit of a buzz thing. So we have a six-month-old female cockapoo yeah. who has recently become very attached to me, says the mm. text. I can't leave the home, or leave the room without her howling and barking. I can't be heard in my office on the phone. I can't drive without her being on my knee. She sleeps in a crate, but will absolutely not go into it during the day without howling, barking and biting at the crate to get out. I'm afraid she'll hurt herself and rip up the house while in this state. It's very distressing and stressful for both her and us. Other family members don't get the same reaction. She spends her time watching and being anxious about when I might leave the room. Will this pass or what can I do to make her and us less stressed and happier? So the bad news is that will not pass by itself. No. Um, And basically you need serious professional help there um, because like what's happened is something between you and the dog a little bit of magic of the bad kind has gone on whereby the dogs looked at you in certain ways and you've reacted in certain ways and between the two of you you've managed to make it that she's completely dependent on you and she won't let you go in her in her mind and so what you need to do is you need to do specific exercises to get her gradually used to coping without you and this is very difficult for her because she's become so dependent on you so she probably needs medication and you can get medication now that's equivalent of Prozac for dogs it's licensed for dogs and they've done the research show that it works and what that will do is that will make her a bit less anxious um, when you do things like spending more time away from her and you have to gradually work on um, getting your own space back from her and she's got to gradually work on becoming independent of you and it's certainly very very possible but you won't be able to do it by yourself I would start by going to your vet talk to your vet about what needs to be done talk to your vet about the, med- the medication and they may well refer you on to a behaviourist somebody who's done a lot of this sort of work before it's very very common don't feel bad about it especially post-Covid so many dogs spent so much time with their owners during Covid that now that they have to be apart a lot of dogs are quite spooked by it so it's common but it's fixable but not by itself. I remember reading when I was researching dogs many years ago, one of the things that in the uh, breed temperament descriptions of Cocker Spaniels was that they had a tendency to be one person dogs rather than overall family dogs. Is that something that you see? or is No, that- I don't think. I think there's lots of generalisation about breeds, which isn't really accurate. People get things in their head more than the reality. Dogs are dogs generally in my mind. Another one says, my dog has started eating grass daily. Switched him to an insect food. Mm. Insect food about two months mm. ago. Food says it's complete. Could he be missing nutrients? Um, and then there's a thing about feces, which I don't think we need to know, but I can tell you okay. if you want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's a few things in there. First thing to say is that I think insect food is great. It's It has been, they've done work on it to show that it's fully complete. And if it says it's complete in the bag, that means it is giving your dog everything it needs. Bugs. And, yeah, they 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 basically are um, they they're larvae, which they they grow on food waste, so it's it's ultimate in sustainability, um, and it provides all the proteins and other nutrients that your pet needs, uh, and it's quite tasty as well. I did on TV a couple of years ago. I did a tasting test where I put regular food beside the insect food beside the vegan food, and the insect food actually won. It was more popular even than the chicken and rice that was the other one. So you know. Um, there's a lot to be said for insect-based dog food. Um, uh, and anyway, 
when it grass comes to eating, eating grass, eating they do grass, that a lot. Yeah, I can tell you why dogs eat grass. Only dogs know. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. Okay, it's we have our theories. Okay, so we think maybe they want the fiber. Sometimes, if dogs are a bit nauseous, then they 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 eat to make themselves sick. Um, most often, I think simply dogs like doing it. They they like the texture. They're they not like very the bright, taste. Pete. That's what you're saying. Fundamentally, it's just something not to worry about particularly. Um, I would probably try and stop a dog from eating too much because you know too much grass isn't good for you. You know, but a little bit of grass, no harm at all, and don't worry about it. it doesn't and whatever the poo looks like, you know, as long as it's not um, sort of grossly abnormal, then I, it's fine. You get variety there, just like we do. Another one's saying, my <laughs> six-year-old is asking for a pet. We live in a house where both mum and dad work outside the home, so a dog is out. What would you suggest? Hamster? Goldfish? Ferret! <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all pets require some ele- element of input. Ah, goldfish um, don't need much, do I, they? No, I was going to say, my, my favourite one as an ultimate and low-input pet is the goldfish. And I would, I would say, don't get one, get two. We know now goldfish are social creatures. In fact, in Switzerland, it's against the law to get one goldfish. You have to get at least two. Because, no. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they, they get lonely, um, believe it or not. So get a couple of goldfish. Um, there's some work involved, um, but probably half an hour a week is enough, really. You know, so it's kind of low input. And for a child, it can be very engaging. Goldfish learn to recognise you as their owners. They're not stupid, as people often think. Um, I remember my, my wife we used to have goldfish. My wife used to always be the one that feed them. And she'd come into the room and the fish would come to the front and bob up and down in front of her I didn't feed them at all I'd come into the room and they go around the back and hide behind a rock you know so they're, they're really smart creatures Can you train a fish? You can train goldfish you can train them to actually go through hoops and things like that and play, play the little mini football You can train goldfish to play you football You can train goldfish to play football How have I made it to this age and not known this before now A quick and fairly easy one I would think um, one asking how much is it to get a dog chipped? This but is now the norm. Dogs get microchips. They have to be. You you can't sell a puppy. Um, you can't sell any dog. Even can't rehome a rescue dog without it being microchipped. Every dog has to be microchipped. The price isn't set. It varies. Um, it depends on... I, I would literally phone around, phone different vets and ask them how much. Could be anywhere between 25 euros and 50 euros. I don't know. Yeah, but something like that. And is that. the logic to make it that the dog is harder to steal or is it traceable if it's worrying sheep? Or Bo- Both of those things. All of those things. Um, if, if it gets lost, it's going to be more likely to be found. Um, thing is, what you're paying for isn't just the actual chip and the implanting of the chip, you're also paying for lifelong registration on a database because that's the important thing. All the chip is is a 15-digit number. That's all it is. So when this dog is scanned, a 15-digit number comes back from the dog. But the important thing is that it goes on to a database. And one of the interesting things that the government announced just a couple of weeks ago is at the moment there's like four databases in Ireland and what what the government's going to do is to have one central database where all those will feed into it. So now we'll have one place to go to. You can find out where any dog is or where it came from and for example if some if somebody gets a puppy it means it'll be tra- traceable back to that breeder for its whole life and that's a useful way of dealing with puppy farmers as well does anybody get cats chipped yes i just did one yesterday funnily enough i did an indoor cat yesterday you might say that's kind of an odd thing to do because the cat doesn't go out at all but imagine if your indoor cat happened to escape then what so yeah you can get any animal microchip yeah, i was talking to a friend of mine the other day who has an indoor cat and he said that the cat managed to get out and was traumatized by the experience they found <laughs> it sitting at the window going, let me back in i don't like the outside world interesting thing is that indoor cats actually live longer than outdoor cats 
um, because they're exposed to less risks. But although they live longer, they're more prone to stress-related diseases because they get a bit more stressed only because they can't do their normal natural behaviours that outdoor cats do. They can't climb trees, chase things, run around the place, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, because cats have quite a large territory if they are outdoors, they do, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. I once put a little thing on my cat's neck that it was a USB thing. I put it into the computer the end of the day and it showed me exactly where my cat had been for the previous 24 hours on Google Maps. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, as always, Pete, more in than we could possibly get. Can I just say two quick things? There's a great dog, sh- a great cat show on tomorrow at Ballantyre Community Centres all day on Sunday. Pedigree cats and and crossbred cats. And next Saturday in, in Dublin, Marley Park, it's Pups in the Park. Go to pupsintheparc.ie to book your tickets. It's a great event. Pete, thank you very much. That is The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.